question that we always like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast. Apparently, I love the momentum that downtown St. Charles has. St. Charles just seems to be getting better and better. It's a great place to raise a family. The feeling of the downtown area is really beautiful. It's always been so fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the What's Up Downtown podcast. I'm Nate Went. And I'm Jenna Sawicki. And we are here for another podcast episode. It's going to be great, right, Jenna? I'm very excited. Woo! It's Friday. So <laughs> it's Friday. And we're recording in the podcast room. I think we've recorded like the past three on Fridays. Oh, yes, we have. We were in here last Friday, too. So if anyone thinks that we dress casual all the time, it's not. We just kind of dress casual on Fridays. <laughs> and if everyone thinks that I'm wearing the same sweater, <laughs> I actually have worn the same sweater in the last four podcasts that have been recorded. It's fine. I washed them. So we have Zach here from the uh, Fox Valley Food for Health here to talk about the amazing organization that they have over there. So before we start getting into the nitty gritty stuff, let's talk about some simple stuff. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's Friday, so Woo! you know you can't complain. The can't sun complain. is out. Sun's out. Yep. Snow's melting, which I'm sure we'll just get dumped on again soon. But no. you know, oh, no, for now we're all good. For now it's what good. Did the, for today um, it's good. Wasn't it just Groundhog's Day? Didn't he say we're gonna have an early spring? I don't. I didn't remember seeing the, the results from that. I think he did. Poxito- what is it? Poxitonic so. Bill something? I don't know. I have there's no like, clue. There's like ten <laughs> out there now. Are there? There's like That's there's him who's the main guy, of course. Yes. But then they have like five offshoots. Yeah. Well, right I like the commercial from the Super Bowl that had Bill Murray from Groundhog's Day with the Jeep. <laughs> that one was awesome. Yeah, was that was awesome. pretty good. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So Zach, tell us some things about yourself. Where you're from, uh, and do you live in St. Charles? Yeah, yeah, I do live in St. Charles. Uh, I was born and raised in Chicago suburbs. Okay. Um, have pretty much been in Illinois my whole life. Went to Illinois State University. Exactly. Been bounced around from the north suburbs to the south suburbs to the west, and settled here probably oh, seven years ago now. Okay. Um, with my wife. My wife was teaching in Harvard. And I was commuting to the city at that point, and this Oof. was our like teaching up in Harvard, Illinois, yeah. or at Harvard. Harvard. Sc- okay, oh, no, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> She's a PE middle school teacher, okay. so yeah, Harvard University. Yes. Um, <laughs> so this was kind of our middle ground, and you know we're looking close to the train, and ended up falling in love in St. Charles. We pretty much had everything we wanted. Yeah. Um, I got really <laughs> tired of my commute and started talking about settling down, and bought a house here, built a house here. Now she actually works at Thompson okay. Middle School right down the street. And yeah. so now we're both local, supporting our own communities, and really settled here and just love it. So Yeah. Awesome. Good. Okay. So what are your favorite things to do in uh, St. Charles, and if any in downtown specifically, or just whatever you like about St. Charles? Yeah. Uh, our first house was actually on 2nd Street, oh, uh, awesome. South 2nd Street. So we love downtown St. Charles. It was pretty much what made us want to live here yeah. and establish here you know it has everything we're very outdoors people we're runners we like to be on the river yeah. everything from there my wife's family is a big fishing family so the fox river is awesome for that so there's so many things downtown that just like checked all of our boxes yeah. immediately and i mean there's so much to do with the festivals you know we used to walk to the concerts in the park yep so just really having that family environment and then be also you know Grab an adult beverage is always nice <laughs> yes. as well and enjoy the good food that's in St. Charles and to say, you know, that's our community that's five minutes out of our door. Yes. So we love everything about St. Charles. True. And, We've had yeah. a meeting before at one of our favorite adult beverage places, Pollyanna. So yes. it's, um, <laughs> well, yeah, it's def- we're very lucky to have so many yeah. awesome places to go to. 
Yeah, so awesome. Well, let's start getting into talking about Fox Valley Food for Health. Absolutely. So where are you guys located? We'll start there. Yeah, uh, so we're currently based out of the King County Fairgrounds, yep. uh, which is, you know, right off Randall Road. Mm-hmm. We rent that commercial kitchen Monday, Tuesday, and half of Wednesday. Okay. So, well, I guess now it's all day Wednesday. We just expanded, <laughs> um, but that's only for special group days on Wednesdays. But our main program is Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then our service area is 30 minutes from that location. So we do serve all of the Fox Valley, pretty much all the way up to 90, into Aurora, and then west and east of here as well. Okay, perfect. And uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Fox Valley Food for Health. If someone doesn't know about it, what's kind of like your guys' main spiel? Yeah, here's the spiel. (laughs) All right, Um, so our mission is to promote promote a nutrition-focused community through teen education and serving those struggling with the health crisis. Okay. You got it? Yes. yes. All right. Repeat it. So you now, know everything go. that we do. <laughs> oh, repeat it. Uh, Not ready. <laughs> um, so what that means uh, is that we provide healthy organic meals to families who are struggling with cancer, and all of those meals are prepped and prepared by adult volunteers and then cooked by teen chefs. So it's a really a dual mission where we're serving uh, families in need you know, we say a health crisis, so it's primarily cancer diagnosis, but we accept other people who have diagnosis or are going through treatment for whatever um, health issue they're dealing with. And then we teach teens the culinary arts, teach them about wellness, teach them about nutrition and why it's important to live this way to prevent these diseases in the future. Um, you know, obviously cancer is something you might not be able to prevent, but we know that eating healthy and eating local and eating organics can really boost your immune system and really right. help you in that time of need. So it's really instilling those morals into the teenagers that come into our program, teaching them how to cook. Uh, unfortunately, you know, that's not a prevalent thing nowadays with a lot of teenagers. They don't get that education as much in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they do, you know, they have to kind of do their electives. You know, a lot of kids are right. very focused on finals and sports and all these extracurriculars. So this yeah. is a way they can kind of do something up. a little different. Um, and they can learn and be trained by executive chefs, people who have had culinary experience and really get that hands-on experience too. Yeah, absolutely. It was. I actually got a chance to go in and see you recently mm-hmm. and your location, and it was like I was blown away by, first of all, the amount of activity that was going on. Oh, yeah. And like all the kids were, they had their phones down, they were totally in the moment, they were listening, they were cutting and chopping and putting and prepping all the food together, and it was like really like amazing to see, like such a such an awesome organization everything you have going on over there is like it's a big full circle like you're teaching but you're also benefiting a lot of things it's really cool to see thank you uh so when you did what so you talked about the mission which you did Mm -hmm. you spewed beautifully to us thank you um did the mission play into um your goals and your decision to become the executive director yeah absolutely um when i was working downtown you know we're like i mentioned we're talking about settling in on having a family right and it was okay what do I really want to do? And, you know, I was working for a big corporate nonprofit, very member-driven nonprofit downtown, and kind of was away from my background, which is health education. Mm-hmm. Uh, I studied community health education, worked at the Robert Crown Center for Health Education in Hinsdale, has been involved in lots of different health yeah. organizations. So when I made the decision that I wanted to look for something more local, I immediately said, I hope it's, and I want it to be in the health realm. Yeah. You know, okay. I don't know what it was. I was kind of looking for nonprofit health work. And when I found this job and actually got recruited for it, I was just blown away. One, I was like, how have I never heard of this? This yeah. checks all of my boxes, right. the health and wellness and nutrition. Manifested um, it, man. That's you awesome. know, I come from a big Italian-Polish family, so cooking is in my <laughs> blood. And I'm like, how did I not know this? A cooking organization so amazing and teaching kids how to cook right. and bringing people together. And, yeah, I think when I 
learned about it. It's always been a dream of mine to be an executive director of a health-focused organization within my community. It kind of hit it all. And when I found out what they do and how amazing and supportive they are to our entire population, yeah. I immediately knew it was the right place to be and what I really wanted it's to like do. like the stars just aligning perfect. Pretty yeah, much. I mean, yeah. It's like, oh, these are all my checkboxes. Were you almost like, this might be too good to be true? Uh, yeah, absolutely I did. So a funny story about that. I got, um, when I got recruited, I texted my wife. I said, hey, so I got a message from Chris Preeves, yes, our, we love our good Chris. friend Chris. Our good friend Chris. Um, <laughs> OE of the world, Chris. Uh, and uh, I, guess I, I got this message, and it says it's for this nonprofit called like Food for Health. And I don't know. I think it's fake. But I'm going to go for it anyway. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, sounds good. And, like, I had no idea that this was there. And it was just too perfect. And it checked everything. And it was just so amazing when it kind of came through. So. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Chris. I was just going to say, I think we all owe her our jobs. Yes, I yeah. think that's a fair <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Okay, so um, can you take us um, kind of through, like, what it's like being the executive director of the organization, maybe, like, a, what yeah. a day in the life of uh, is? I mean, I was there on one day when yeah. you were actually in-house, and that was crazy. I mean, the yeah. energy, but, I, you know, but I know there's a lot more to it than just that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, executive director life is crazy ed life, uh, yeah. ED life is is <laughs> crazy and i know that there's a lot of eds around here that i talk to a lot that agree and the the fun thing and the challenging thing about being an ed is that it's different every single day mm-hmm. i mean this morning i've i was pretty much at cava diem just right here mm-hmm. from like eight in the morning till now besides the one time i went home for lunch because i was like i eat here too much i have to <laughs> i have to cook my own <laughs> you food you can only have um, like you know so much avocado toast so. right <laughs> but it is delicious yes um, <laughs> but yeah and you know i met with a volunteer who wanted to be a graphic designer i met with one of my staff person i had a phone call with somebody about potentially a, a different kitchen opportunity had a, a post about how we just got a steamer grant from the community foundation wow. of fox river nice. valley uh, and then I have, you know, emails about budgeting stuff and financials <laughs> and all that coaster. kind of stuff. Of all that, which is fun and cool that keeps you on your toes so much. And then you can think that this is all the background stuff really to keep the lights on for the program as a whole. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think my favorite days, though, as an ED is definitely being in the kitchen. Yeah. I mean, as you know, it's just so cool to see everyone come in. And I have an amazing team where when I came on, I didn't really have to do a lot in the kitchen. They had everything. It's such a smooth science. Um, our culinary team, our client care team all work so well together that I just get to sit back and watch, which is <laughs> great. And be able to just see the amazing work that these volunteers are doing. Um, you know, we have three shifts a day, morning prep shift that do a lot of soups and uh, chopping, sometimes chopping, you know, 50 onions, Holy which snack. is a lot, which luckily we <laughs> have these. Lots of crying. Uh, we have <laughs> onion goggles, actually, okay. that are a thing. They're actually really a thing. And the funny story about that, my first day when I was chopping with them, they didn't tell me it was there. So it was their little, like, <laughs> like initiation, like, oh, here you go. Oh, my first day is so great. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they do all the prep work, and then the mid-shift comes in and, you know, package some stuff maybe that is already done if we were doing soups or finishes what they were doing in the morning. We have teens come in from the special education program at Geneva High School or Mid Valley, and they do sanitize and organize all of our snapwares, which are the reusable containers. And then the teens come in from three to six and yeah. cook and prepare. And it's so amazing to see, you know, new people coming in every shift and just being happy and excited to right. give their time to cook. And then the teens coming in who are so excited after a long day of school now come in and prep and prepare and like you said put their cell phones away with yeah. their present 
and they are focused on they know what to do and they just want to be there to help their community. Yeah. Right. It's really a beautiful thing. Really and that's cool. that's my favorite day as an ED is to see <laughs> all of that and to kind of take a step back and say, you know, all the number punching and everything you kind of do in the back end, you know, really pays off when you get to see the, the product. Yeah, yeah see it all come together. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So can you take us a little bit further back? Um, you know, where did the need for the organization come from, like, originally? Yeah. Uh, so we were founded seven years ago now um, by Mary Fremgen and Susan Lee, and they actually met at Living Well Cancer Center. Yeah. And they were working in one of their culinary cares program, and they were teaching you know, cancer patients there or people who are recovering from cancer how to cook, and they wanted to do something a little bit more. And we're actually um, based off a program in California called the Series Project, and okay. they started about 10 to 12 years ago. I think 12 now, actually. I just jumped two years. Sorry. But yeah. Um, and they started and really started this program. And they knew that this was a replicable model mm -hmm. across the United States and even internationally. So they set up an affiliate program where they were going to train other organizations to do what they did. And obviously, things are very different here in the Midwest than they are in California. You know, they have a beautiful organic garden that they run all year long. And they're like, why don't you do that? I'm like, uh, well you looked outside <laughs> it's snow and it's squash and pumpkins in the fall yeah we were lucky oh. enough to get some like i think it's like the fourth day of sun yeah. like this year right which is not good if you're trying to oh, grow that hurts my heart <laughs> i don't want to hear that ever again uh, sorry no that's all right it's all right let's reflect on how we're just so cold all the time um but yeah, so we are based off of them, and they knew about that program and wanted to start it here and knew that could be a really value to our community and our community specifically. Yeah. You know, our community is very unique in the Chicagoland area and uh, has a great mix of the rural and then suburban, but then also has this close-knit community, which really helps our program strive. Mm -hmm. And when they wanted to do something more, it just fit perfect to that and really instilling, you know, the healthy uh, mentality within our community and building our own kind of nutrition focused community around this program and you know they took it to amazing levels they started in a small kitchen in Roquette uh, which is right in Geneva and they were serving I think 10 meals uh, or 10 individuals yeah. okay. and this past week we served 93 individuals and to put that in perspective wow. each person so that's 93 either people who are diagnosed and then all of their family and they get six meals per week for okay. 12 weeks free of charge. So we put up almost 600 meals in two days. Wow. So to see that growth in it's six to seven years is amazing. unbelievable. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, I'm a frog in my throat. <laughs> um, so we talked, I mean, that's it's so incredible to see the growth that you guys have gone mm -hmm. through. And um, we know we saw a couple events. So do you, can you give us a little insight into some of your events? that We saw them on your website. Are there a mm -hmm. couple things you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So... We put a, our fundraising plan together. Events are, you know, one of our biggest drivers, always trying to raise money. The more money we raise, the more people we can serve. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we have an upcoming event uh, on March 19th. With, it's okay. a partnership with Water Street Studios in Batavia. It's called our Activate the Alley, where they partnered up with 10 nonprofits, local nonprofits, with 10 local artists. And we got paired up with an artist who's going to do a custom mural for us. So oh, based awesome. off our mission and everything that they did, they toured our kitchen, saw all the teens in the kitchen, and they're creating a mural for us. So it's an unveiling party. I mean, there's 
just like unlimited things you could do with the creativity. Yeah. You could do food. You could go with the kids. You could do t- yeah. So very yeah. cool. Yeah, That's it's be really cool. I got I got some snapshots of the sketches, so I'm really oh, excited nice. to see what it looks like. Awesome. So what do you get completed. to do with the mural? Where is it going to be? So we get to keep the mural. Um, we can okay. do what we want with it. Uh, we are debating on if we're going to auction it off yeah. or if we're going to hang it in the kitchen and kind of have a present <laughs> for people to see. Uh-huh. Uh, but we also get the you know, digital prints of it too. So we yeah. can use that in different ways. Oh yeah, you could do promotional material, all exactly. sorts of different things. So oh, cool. It's so cool. So Very then the cool. mural uh, unveiling event, it's going to be open to the public. It's a free event with a requested donation of $10. If you'd mm-hmm. like to support our mission, we'll have, you know, food, music, and just a nice kind of happy hour, hangout, yeah. cocktail party at Water Street, which is nice. a really great organization in Batavia too. Really, so that'll yeah, be we love that. Fun. We love Water Street. Yeah. 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 Um, other events, we have a golf outing at Hughes Creek on Kay. March, tw- or not March, May 20. 9th, uh, which will be coming up faster (laughs) than we think. And then our big event is our Harvest Moon Dance, which is in November, which I believe will be the first week in November. And it's usually at Eagle Brook Country Club. We're working on getting there again this year. And it's just a great night to kind of celebrate all of our achievements for the last year, raise some great funds to support our mission. Uh, Last year, we raised almost over $20,000 for our food specifically, and the whole event actually raised over $100,000. Yeah, so w- it was a huge success, yeah, and we're yeah. really so grateful for all the people who were there. <laughs> I was going to say, Nate, you can be jealous, because I actually got to go to that this year. It mm-hmm. was really cool. And, um, no, you didn't uh, invite me. I know, next time. <laughs> um, no, but it was, I just want to say, like, it was so cool, especially because you guys did do such a good job of, like, getting out the word, like, the um, like the uh, the small amount you can give or the large amount that some people gave, mm-hmm. um, and how it really benefits and it goes directly back to the the families and the and the people and um, it's such a it's such a good feeling. I mean, my husband and I went and it was so much fun. We had such a good time. Um, you guys do an excellent job putting oh, that whole you. event together, and it, it's you know it's, it's amazing. At, you know, I've been around um, this organization for six years, and I went there and got to meet a whole new crop of people. So it was yeah. very exciting for me to like yeah. be like, oh, I don't have to talk about the weather. I can talk about like <laughs> new things. I get to know new people. So yeah. it was a, an amazing event. And shout out to all of the volunteers that help with that. All of our events are event driven or volunteer driven. Yeah. Uh, and we have such a amazing group of volunteers that mm-hmm. give so much. And you know, I'm not an event planner by any means, and I, but I know how much work goes into those events, and they did an amazing job yeah. and continue to do an amazing job every year. Yeah. So. The Fox Valley has something special about their volunteers. I'm not oh, sure yeah. what it is, if Absolutely. it's the water or <laughs> I don't know, but it is. They're all passionate. They give so much time, mm-hmm. and it's just it's pretty amazing. We're so lucky. I think yeah. it's the promise of, uh, of the free food sometimes okay. to address people because we have I such agree. great uh, food around here, so they're like, Oh, we get free food from this place? Count me in. Count me in a hundred <laughs> times. So yeah, all about the food. <laughs> food. food is a big motivator. Yes, it is. Motivated by our stomach. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, continuing to talk about the events and the programs, mm-hmm. can you take us through the uh, summer garden program? Yeah, yeah. So we have a garden program out at Mooseheart, and we actually have a location out on the Fox Road, the old uh, Country Cuisine Cooking School, uh, owned by Penny Newkirk, which is... Uh, another one of our volunteers who donates her space for us to use. And we partner with Mooseheart and them and have our teens come out and a group of volunteers to grow healthy, organic produce for our program. So in the summertime, we do have to take a break from our program 
because of uh, the fairgrounds and everything they kind of have going on, and we're working on expanding that. And luckily, we got permission for them to expand, except for the week of the fair, which would right. be crazy right. anyway. Yeah. Um, but we're working on hopefully being able to expand to that someday. But in the meantime, we cultivate our gardens, and it's a nice break to kind of recharge and be out in the fields and be able to teach the teens who are in our program this is what goes into growing your own produce and how you can take this and really have kind of a farm-to-table experience. So it kind of pulls in the environmental sustainability, you know, the health of the soil, the health of uh, the produce, how not using fertilizers can actually produce better and more healthy produce and give you that opportunity to say that you grew something and then you pick that thing, and then you were able to chop it and put it into a yeah. meal. And it's really so satisfying. And one of our oh, teens yeah. who was there this summer came up to me the other day, and he's like, I think this is the coolest thing to see it full circle, to say right. that I grew that pepper, and now I'm chopping that pepper up to give to a family in need. You know, he just had such a bright smile on his face. It was so mm. great to see that. Yeah, I no. think that not only the teens, but every like as an adult, like that's it's so satisfying yeah. and so such an amazing thing that as part of our culture we almost skip over nowadays because mm-hmm. we're just used to going to the grocery store. But to see like like you can grow this, you can do this, yeah. you can like it's sustainable is amazing. Yeah. yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I had a class in college where we did something similar similar to that, where we uh, got to go to a farm for a day and just kind of we didn't help grow the the cross but just kind of help pick them out of the ground and then later turn them into a meal and it's quite the experience Mm -hmm. so like just getting to see that whole process and being able to and then adding that on for you guys you know being able to give that to a family in need is Mm -hmm. mm, icing on the cake oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so we talked a little bit about where some of the food comes from with the garden program but where does the other food come from like if it's winter like this yeah uh so we have some great community partners that help provide the food uh, one of them being Blue Goose. We shout out to Blue Goose. <laughs> shout out to Blue Goose. Uh, so they actually deliver about 60 or 70% of our produce wow. on Monday wow. mornings, which has been a godsend. I mean, if you think about putting out 600 meals of fresh produce, you know, we buy that every week, and it's delivered every Monday morning, which is so great to have that luxury. Yeah. Um, and then we also have a team of volunteers that go out and buy uh, other produce from, you know, local grocers. So Trader Joe's, Fresh Time, Costco, uh, and, you know, we get some delivered. We have partnerships with Frontier Co-op. We yeah. have a very large chicken donation that comes through every year of an amazing, amazing donor. Um, about to donate 1,200 pounds of chicken oh to us, which Holy is going to sustain no, us for a very long not time. Cows. <laughs> But ah. <laughs> oh, I got bad um, jokes all day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and it's it's so great to be able to say that you know the <laughs> local produce and the local stores are providing this to our local organization to serve our local community. Right. So yeah, Blue Goose has done some amazing work for us and really alleviates that uh, stress of where are we going to get this food, mm-hmm. how are we going to get it. And if we have to go pick it up somewhere, how am I going to carry 100 cans of something or 100 pounds of onions, you know? And having them be able to provide it for us is really great and yeah. such a blessing. So big shout-out to the Blue Goose. Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, too, is that all of the organic produce that we get is such good quality. And that's right. the best part. You know, we look for the best quality produce for the best price. And that's right. where we can get majority of it from. And obviously, they can't do everything. But, you know, we're able to, you know, use them for majority of what we do and then supplement small things here and there yeah. that can help really help uh, our program. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it's pretty amazing that the chefs are able to, like, see what comes in and kind of pivot and be like, all right, we're making this. Yeah.
Yeah. And we'll be right back after this short break. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Break Between the Podcast. This is Nate Wendt, your guide to all things St. Charles and your very best friend, coming to you from the podcast room here at the Alliance offices at the Municipal Building in downtown St. Charles. Hope you all have, are having a wonderful day. Uh, it looks like the sun's finally starting to shine a little bit, but fingers crossed that we don't get back into a cold snap. But got some exciting news for you here for you guys today, so we're going to get into it right now. First off is the St. Pat's Parade, which is coming up on Saturday, March 14th. Parade will kick off at 2 p.m. here in downtown St. Charles, starting up at the top of the hill on 6th Street and then working its way down Main Street all the way to 4th Avenue. Uh, entry is full, so uh, we want to thank everyone that has applied so far and to be in the parade. So we're very excited. It's going to be a great number, and we got our fingers crossed for great weather. Keep an eye on our social media as we'll be sharing some information about some deals, events, and specials that uh, the downtown St. Charles businesses will be hosting during St. Pat's. So uh, be sure to keep your eye out on that. Before St. Pat's, there's another event coming to downtown St. Charles with Restaurant Week. Restaurant Week will be next week, starting on February 24th and going all the way to February 28th. It's a great opportunity if you want to find a new restaurant here in St. Charles, get a nice deal when you go there, or visit your favorite and get a nice deal as well. So be sure to stop by during Restaurant Week, come support uh, some of the amazing restaurants that are here in downtown St. Charles, and have a great meal at the same time. And if you come down to St. Charles for Restaurant Week, and especially downtown St. Charles, make sure to utilize all the amazing parking that we have here downtown St. Charles. With over 1,500 available spots, it's never been easier and more convenient to be able to come down, find an awesome parking spot, and go right into your favorite restaurant or a new restaurant. Another event coming down the pipeline here is the Walk MS. Walk MS connects people living with multiple sclerosis and those who care about them. Team up with family, friends, and co-workers to change the world for everyone affected by MS. You can join Walk MS St. Charles on Saturday, May 3rd at Pottawatomie Park. For more information, visit walkms.org to register. Together, we are stronger. That's all we have for the break between the podcast. I want to thank everyone again for their support and for listening to our podcast. If you have a chance and you haven't done so already, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button, either on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. really would mean a lot to us, and you all are awesome. So let's get right back into listening to Fox Valley Food for Health and learn more about what's up downtown. So are there any other uh, common misconceptions that people have maybe when they first come in about like where the food comes from or how everything's prepped or like, or is it just pretty straightforward? Uh, there's a lot of misconceptions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think as you may know, when you walk into that kitchen, you really don't know what you're getting yourself right. into until you I think I there. walked in and I was like, hello, is <laughs> back here? Yeah. I mean, it is just a kitchen, so we don't have, you know, like a, a welcome desk and we're kind of tucked away in the corner for our offices and stuff. We try to use as much as we can for the program and the space. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest misconceptions is that all of our food is donated. 
Uh, I think a lot of people think that we kind of operate like the food banks in a sense mm. um, okay. and that we get a lot of donations of food. But unfortunately, that's not the case because we do want to serve the highest quality. Yeah. And, you know, we've partnered with local farmers and they say, hey, we have all this surplus, but it's because we order on a weekly basis and we fluctuate that. You know, we're not right. putting out the same meal every week. They're mm -hmm. different every week. You know, we can't take a whole large donation of sweet potatoes. We can take some which helps, right. but we also need to know that two weeks in advance so that, you know, our culinary team can prepare and plan right. the meals, and it's a very efficient kitchen. Yeah. So we do purchase that, and which is our largest cost throughout the year um, besides our staff times. So our largest program cost comes from that. And I think one of the misconceptions is everyone hears how much we put out, but they don't see the man hours that go into it and how smooth of a process it is that our team puts on yeah. and how amazing our volunteers are that come in and say, okay, what are we doing? And our executive chef, Molly, be like, all right, this is your recipe. They go, cool. What size do you want this? How do you want this? How do you want this? And then they go back and they just go through it. You know, they're chopping things up and I might be having a meeting with Molly and they're like, oh, sorry, is this thin enough? You know, is this, is this the yeah. right mince or is this, do you want it thinner? And it's just crazy to see how they're so self-efficient and want to put it in. And they come week over week over week, you know, and our volunteers have built some amazing friendships, but have been there. A lot of them have been there since the beginning okay. and they just love what they do. And yeah. it's amazing to see. And we have over probably 200 active volunteers each week, including teenagers and then our board and everything else. And it's amazing to see this group of amazing volunteers continue to come back, but it's a lot of work. Right. You know, it is a lot well, to I'm, see them. My, my brain hurts thinking about how much, like I said, I think I said this already, but like how she, like Molly, but Chef Molly has to like pivot, mm -hmm. right? And like be creative and yeah. like come up with, okay, this shipment came in and what mm -hmm. am I going to, like you just brought the sweet potato. I'm like, we're having sweet potato souffle for the next <laughs> like seven weeks. But yeah. <laughs> and that's like the thing. So our uh, assistant chef, Cindy, you know, does a lot of our procurement mm -hmm. and partners with Molly to put these meals together. But, you know, we're getting this very large chicken donation and it's, okay, well, I guess we're cooking a lot more chicken. And chicken. we do right. give one chicken entree every every week or poultry entree. So we're like, all right, we're going to sub some of those turkey entrees and try to work through this chicken and see what we can do and pivot yeah. those different things. And, you know, sometimes we make too much and it's like, oh, where did all this rice come from? And like, oh, well, that was supposed to be here, you know, pivoting that way and adjusting. Yeah. And it's always a balance because it's a teaching kitchen. At the right. other side, you know, we're teaching teens how to cook and yeah. they're not professional chefs. So no. it's also having that balance of this is the way you, you cut things. This is the portion size. This is how this goes. And if we don't have some, you know, we always make a little extra so we can try and, you know, make sure all of our clients are getting what they deserve and what yeah. they need to really heal. And this is you know, it, it sounds like such a science going to it, but at the end of it, you're like, oh, but all these meals are going to families in need, and it's right. just such a great service, and we, we want to make sure we're doing our best and our due diligence to make sure they're getting everything they need in their time. Right, absolutely. No, I completely agree with that. But And then talking about the continuing about on the, uh, like, some dishes or recipes that you guys use, you know, what is kind of the your favorite that you guys get to make Ooh. there? Oh, good question. There's so many. They're so good. Um, I get to try a lot of them, which okay. is lucky. I get to walk <laughs> around. I'm like, oh, I'll take a little sample of that. Yeah. I like that scene in our Ratatouille when I was where there. Like in yeah, where he's, yeah. like, taking all of them. When I was yeah. in there, I, like, I, like, I was, like, in trying to talk to Zach, have, like, a real conversation, but I was, like, so distracted by, like, all the amazing smells that were coming. <laughs> there was like a berry cobbler that was there. I'm Ooh, still thinking about. Yeah, uh, that one's really good. Yeah. Um, uh, that's our berry crisp, which is fantastic. But I think my favorite is it's a quinoa grape kale salad. 
Ooh, and it's okay. such a great summer salad, but it's such an easy thing to snack on. And I make it at home all the time, and it's just really light dressing, and it's really good, and it's just kind of packed, and it's got that nice sweet kick with, you know, the grapes and then yeah. the kale and the nice crunch, and it's just like everything. And it's just anytime I see that, I'm like, ooh. Molly, how much did you uh, scale that up a little bit so I can take some home? <laughs> taste test. Taste, taste test. I just need yeah. to taste a little bit sure. of it. Quality but control. No, I make it at home all the time, and it, it's just so good. And it's, I mean, all of our meals are good. It's yeah. That's the hard part is they're so good. Some of the soups that we've had, like I've never had a chickpea soup before I worked here, and it's the best soup I've ever had. <laughs> it's so good, and it's just everything I try, I'm just blown away by how these teens and adults and volunteers can create these amazing delicious meals and I think going back to the misconceptions is that it's really not that hard to make these and I think that's part of our program is really educating people that yeah cooking is a skill but you know you can learn that pretty easy and start cooking these at home and a lot of our teens are like I made this for my family and they loved it I made the stuffed peppers and it's so good (laughs) you know and how all of that feedback of you know taking them home and um, having our clients hear their feedback about how they've never had Moroccan spices or turmeric or any of those. And they're like, it's so good. I've never even heard of this. And it's so great. So really expanding those tastes to get to the community and saying, hey, like, it's really not that hard to make these things. You can make them a little simpler. And these are why you should have these in your day-to-day diet. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, that's amazing. Um, And when you talk about some of the the recipes that you guys use, you know, where do you guys, where have, like, some of the recipes come from? Like, um, do they come from just, like, knowledge that the cooks have? Or is it, like, you know, do they do their research and find, like, new you know, recipes yeah. out there that co- pop up all the time? Or Yeah, a little bit of both. Uh, so, obviously, I mentioned the series project. So, we have affiliates actually international now. We have okay. eight across the United States and one in Denmark, mm-hmm. which is awesome. They're yes. so cool. They actually all came this past uh, November for a conference at the Hotel Baker for us. Oh, so, we got to show them our cool. kitchen, got to show them downtown, went to Cava Diem, got to show them the local restaurants. So, <laughs> it was really cool to have them, you know, be in the Midwest. And that was actually one of the uh, chefs from Denmark, her first time in the United States. Oh, wow. So, our first experience was St. Charles, which was really cool. Yeah. And she loved it. <laughs> and um, so, I bring that up because we get a lot of our recipes from them. You know, we have kind of a brain trust that we say, hey, we tried this, it works really well. We tried this, it works really well. Obviously, Midwest restaurants and taste palettes are different than California or Connecticut yeah. or Denmark. So, we kind of can adapt them. A lot more uh, corn. <laughs> yeah, more corn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... Other recipes that we come from, you know, the series project, we've partnered with um, Rebecca Katz, who is a culinary chef who has partnered really well with series and have adapted some of her recipes. We have so much knowledge on our team in general, you know, Molly, um, our co-founders, Mary and Susan. We've had registered dietitians that have been on our board and a part of it that, you know, go through our recipes and say, oh, what if we change this? We've had assistant chef Cindy and then our previous assistant chef Marcy, who have all brought their own kind of unique perspective to the recipes and what really heals and what is appetizing for someone who's going through cancer. And that's yeah. that's the hard part, too, is yeah. that, you know, our recipes are very nutritious for, yeah. you know, the normal individual, someone who's fine in health and can eat every day. But when you're talking about someone who's been diagnosed with cancer, that might not be the case. And sometimes right. it's how do you just make these recipes so that they look appetizing, so that they feel like they can eat it, and then we can make them so they're they aren't too spicy. Yeah. They aren't too bland. And providing them the resources to be able to say, oh, do you have that metallic in your mouth because of your chemo treatment? You know, this is how you can do it. Put some lemon in it. Put this way. So that's mm-hmm. the educating. So it's kind of the hand in hand that they right. all kind of 
take some recipes and we experiment with recipes a lot of saying, all right, this is something like we just did a, um, a sunflower seed ball instead of uh, like we usually do like almond butter yeah. because we have a lot of nut allergies. So we're experimenting with that. Yes. And it's, okay, is this consistency going to be okay for someone who's going through treatment? You know, are they going to be able to eat this whole thing or do we need to make them smaller? Do we need to make it bigger? So there's a lot that goes into it. Right. But it's amazing to see how they collaborate and the volunteers are like, oh, well, I would have done it this way or I would have done this way and we can create these meals on our own that are all based on someone who came up with the original idea, but making it true to our clients and our community yeah. too. Right. Because there's so much science and like like food and nutri- mm-hmm. how, like, and you have such nutrient-dense food that you guys put out. And uh, so I, I, I just like my head is sort of spinning like, oh, if you put this, this herb can maybe mm-hmm. help this ailment. And yeah, um, so it's and then you also have to make it appetizing. So even if something's nutritious, doesn't mean it tastes good. And so you guys are. Yeah, yeah. you guys are dealing with a lot of um, different aspects and trying and just making it all come together. It's yeah. very impressive. And you got to make it look good. I mean, you yeah, eat with your eyes. <laughs> we always try to make some good presentations. And, you know, we have reusable snapware containers that we use, which are, you know, plastic containers that we reuse. And it's teaching the teens, okay, you don't just throw everything in, you know, try and portion it out, try and lay this on top of right. this. So uh, when you give it to them, they see that one, you put the time and the care into it and you put that love into it, but also they can open it up and say, this looks really good. Yeah, I want to eat this. Right. Mm-hmm. And that way when it's also packaged, like the flavors and everything don't get all jumbled yes, around and of everything. Of course. Yeah, so. that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and can people donate or, um, absolutely like food or, and <laughs> what, what can they donate or provide? Yeah. Um, so we are a nonprofit, so, yes. you know, we run off donations. We really don't make any money from selling on this. All these are free to tr- free of charge for 12 weeks for all the families. And, you know, our overhead is very low and we pride ourselves on that. I'm actually the only staff person who's not program specific. Everyone else goes directly to the program chefs, mm-hmm. culinary volunteers. And we try to stay as frugal as possible. But, of course, there's expenses with it. And, yeah. right. you know, every donation is helpful. You know, I always say about one meal is about $10. So about one week of meals is about $75 to put out the door. So by about $10, you can provide one meal to a family in need, which could be the only meal that they're really able to eat at that time. And you can provide that love and support to them. So you can donate, obviously, monetarily. You can do in-kind donations. We try to steer people away from the food donations because of how – our ordering processes, yeah. um, but as you, you just know, heard, this it's intense. It's, it's pretty intense. <laughs> um, but gift cards, you know, gift cards oh, yeah, are a great, great way to help us. You know, Blue Goose, Trader Joe's. We grab some stuff from Meyer, Costco. That's a great way to do it. Or you know, come out to our events. And one of my big things is, you know, every person is a potential donor. Obviously, right. You know, everyone has something they can give, but that's not the point. The point is to build our nutrition-focused community, and every person that walks through our door could be someone who can learn, who can spread our mission, and say, I want to eat healthier and be a part of this community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they come back and donate, that's great. But at the end of the day, you know, we're here to be able to spread our message and say, we just want everyone to be healthy. We want the Fox Valley to be as healthy as possible, and we want to partner with people that can help us get there. And that's kind of how this Water Street situation came up. We just started talking. I started talking to Danny, their executive director, and we were both uh, very passionate about helping each other. And like, mm-hmm. oh, this was a really cool opportunity that came up. And that's one of the beauties of it, too, is that, you know, we can partner in so many different ways. And it doesn't have to be just give me $10. It yeah. can be, you know, do you have somebody who could host an event for us? Do you have something that could raise money? Do you have a group that just wants to come in and help prepare? Yeah. So it's really, you know, not just donations monetarily, but 
donating your time, connecting yeah. us with different people we might not know. Um, I think this kind of came up from a connection that we had. I mean, yeah. Paul, shout out to Blue Goose and yeah. Paul. Paul hey, connected Paul. us a while ago. <laughs> Are you listening? And, <laughs> and, you know, now this is kind of built into a great friendship yeah. and relationship yeah. and partnership. So, you know, it's all those things that kind of can continue to expand our mission, which is important. So you, you, yeah. t- you touched a little bit on your volunteers and that people can come and volunteer. Mm-hmm. How can they find out more information about that? Your vol- yeah. Um, volunteers. You can reach out to our volunteer coordinator, who's Susan Elward. Susan E. at foxvalleyfoodforhealth.org. Um, or just visit our website. All of our information's on there. It describes our different shifts, our delivery angels, which are our delivery volunteers who serve one commu- or client family for the 12 weeks and really build that connection. Mm-hmm. If you want to be kind of to the face of the clients, or if your passion is teens, you can be a kitchen mentor, which is you're the one kind of walking and teaching the teens through their recipes. Or if you just kind of want to come in and chop stuff and yeah. want to help out when you can. Get some aggression um, out. Yeah, you know, just <laughs> do what you got to do. Turn on your and rock music and yeah. just... Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's that's the thing is there's so many opportunities that people can volunteer and, you know, we, we don't really like to turn anyone away. You know, I just met with a volunteer who was going to do some graphic design work for I us. I know, that's today, amazing. Which is awesome. Yeah. We, you know, don't have the resources for that, which will be really cool to kind of see what she puts together. Yeah. So we're really accepting of any volunteer who wants to come help and spend that's their time. That's special. Yeah, okay. very cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey Zach, can you tell us a little bit about your cookbook? Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we just created a cookbook, and okay. I was one of our volunteers. We've been kicking this idea for a long time. You know, we have over 260 uh, recipes in our database that we either actively use or have been recycling and kind of going through, and we'll pull certain things out depending on the season. Uh, but one of our volunteers wasn't able to volunteer in the kitchen and said she wanted to do something. Her daughter was actually volunteering in the kitchen, and she wanted to put this cookbook together for us. So we had a group, built in a couple volunteers that put it together, and created a cookbook of uh, over 150 of our recipes that is only $20, and it all goes back to benefiting our program, and you can share kind of our food philosophy with people in need. Um, So it's a a great gift for an everyday person who's just said, I want to eat healthy in 2020, here's a great start, or, you know, unfortunately, with our service area, it's only 30, 35 minutes from where we are. Yeah. We can send those to people who are in oh. need and struggling with cancer and say, hey, we can't provide the meals because of food safety standpoint, but we can give you this cookbook, and this is our gift to you to kind of yeah. help you in your healing process. Where can okay. people so, find that? Uh, they can email info at foxvalleyfoodforhealth.org as of right now, and we're working on having them be at some local bookstores oh, and local that's, organizations. That's really nice. So keep on the lookout, potentially Blue Goose. Yay! Uh, and some other thing. I know, I keep talking about Blue Goose, but <laughs> yeah. they're awesome. Um, but yeah, and other local um, bookstores. And if you follow us on Facebook or Instagram, you'll be able to, first one to know when those are available. Oh, and Perfect. we'll put all that information in the links. Yes. Okay, awesome. Okay, so we have a scenario for you. Okay. We are in an elevator. Oh, boy. Are you in there? I okay. <laughs> You have your 30 seconds to make an elevator pitch to someone who has never volunteered or never heard of you before. What do you say? Okay. Do I, am I and actually deep breath. Timed? Okay. Oh, yep. I got to time. Hold on. Oh, Hold on. <clears throat> okay. I just got this phone a year ago, and I still have not figured it out. So hold, please. Um, calculate. Clock. Got it. Stopwatch. This is a lot of pressure. Okay. Oh, man. 30 oh, seconds. Reset. I don't know how long 30 seconds right. is. <clears throat> well, if you go under, I won't. Okay, okay. I was ready. One, two, three, go. So at Food for Health, we provide healthy organic meals. The family's going through cancer, cooked by teen chefs, and 
you could have the opportunity to either prepare those meals, chop those meals, teach teens how to cook, deliver those meals, or just help on the back end to really create this community. And I think the best part about our organization is you get hands-on training no matter what role you're in. You know, you get to try the food, you get to chop the food, and actually learn culinary skills on top of volunteering your time. So it's a give-give. You're kidding me. It's 30 seconds on oh, the nose. Oh, look at that. <laughs> All right. That was impressive. And I have never done that before. That was very impressive. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. We've never done that to anyone before. That was nope. the first time Nate's ever tried <laughs> to put that Thanks, in Thanks, Nate. <laughs> well, I set a pretty high bar. 30 seconds. That undone. was like on the nose. Oh, I was like, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. And then he did it. It was very I'm not going to lie. I was kind of watching it. I was oh, like, man. Uh, oh, right, cut off. So um, so, yeah, as you kind of talked about in the, the pitch there, you know, you have an emphasis on teaching teens to prepare meals. You know, what's kind of the importance of them learning how to create these meals? Yeah, uh, I think the coolest thing about our teens is that they're getting skills that they might not have. They're learning passions that they might not know they love. Mm-hmm. A lot of our teens go off and are part of culinary programs, at, you know, ECC or other organizations. Some of them keep coming back and are actually adult mentors or teen mentor chefs, as okay. we like to call them. And they lead the other teens and talk about how they started as a freshman and continue all the way on. You know, a lot of our teens stay from freshman year to senior year, right. which is a good problem to have. Yeah. It's it's a lot of trying to fit in new teens because they just won't leave. Yeah. <laughs> but it's amazing to see these teens grow in their own passions and their own journeys and see how we've impacted their lives. And I think the great thing is they're not only just experiencing culinary skills and learning to cook organics and the nutrition and wellness education we give them, but they're really getting a unique and safe space where they can really express themselves in a different way. And it was a... Uh, one of the affiliates mentioned to me, and we were talking about how the connections, you know, the teen connections, the client connections, the connection in the community. And someone said, well, how, uh, how do you address getting teens who are at risk? And her response was, well, every teen is at risk. You know, there's so much stress that goes on in a teen's yeah. life and so many outside factors, social media, um, right. friends, bullying, mm-hmm. just the school pressures of finals in college and extracurricular. I mean, I could go on and on and on yeah. to see how all these teens are impacted in different ways. But when they come into our kitchen, they put their cell phones down. They're focused. They know that they're with like-minded teens and like-minded individuals and adults that have come together to produce this service and these meals for people who really need it. And it really is connecting them to a sense of philanthropy, a a sense of giving, a sense of being a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And, you know, that has so many positive outcomes that comes with decreased loneliness, decreased depression, you know, if you want to get on the scientific side, but it's just this mental health kind of thing. And they're building connections with teens that are from different schools, you know, that might, someone might be at St. Charles North, someone might be from Batavia, and they become really close friends from this, and they look forward to Mondays and Tuesdays afternoons of getting to know them more and working on something where they might not have the same judgments as being in school. You know, it's a judge-free zone. You can make mistakes here. It's a safe place. We understand people make mistakes, and it's all right. All right, that happened. How are we going to learn from that? Building those other skills and building that wellness of just being positive and putting out positive energy into the world and not being surrounded by some of the negative stuff that they experience, but get that full outcome of everything besides learning to cook healthy foods. And it's, you know, bringing people together around meals and the love and support that comes from surrounding people by good food and people surrounding good food and connecting with each other. Yeah. Absolutely. That's amazing. So, um, yeah, Jenna, if you want to ask your question, we'll wrap things up. I have my last question. Oh, boy. (laughs) 
Where can people find out more information about Fox Valley Food for Health? <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, uh, or you can go to foxvalleyfoodforhealth.org. And uh, one thing, just a last shout out. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. This was amazing. Yeah, um, happy to have you. And, Thanks for coming. You know, we're always open to any partnership. Anyone who wants to talk to me or talk to the organization or find their fit, you know, we're open to everyone and on any partnership. And we just yeah. love having people and being connected in this. And we'll link all that information in the podcast yeah. description. Yes. Sure. So, perfect. Well, Zach, you made it through the gauntlet of questions. <laughs> I know we had you sweating there for a oh, little yeah. bit. Oh, yeah. me and everything. We've got one more big question for oh, you. Boy. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. If you were king of St. Charles for a day, what would be your first proclamation and why? Oh, the first proclamation. Um, and there's no rules. No rules? Yeah, there's no rules. you can do whatever you want. Magic could be involved. <laughs> You know, physics doesn't have to be. We had a whole bunch of answers last time, so or on our Um, staff podcast. We just did our staff podcast. (laughs) I'd probably make a proclamation to make me king of St. Charles longer than a day. Uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't want that at all. (laughs) I don't want that at all. Um, I would say a proclamation for a day. Oh, Um, probably a day that's like a St. Charles or Fox Valley holiday where nobody has to work. And it's a day of service or a day to do what's good for your own health. Kind yeah. of a forced mental health day, there I think. Go. I love it. And to be able to say, you know, here's a day of service or a day for you to kind of refocus yourself and recharge because, you know, everyone gets worn down and it's that day that's mandated. Like yes. you have yes. to take this day for yourself. Which and of course, volunteer at Fox Valley. Of course. Yeah. We'll still be open and I'll <laughs> yeah. still be working. I'll still be working. <laughs> My <laughs> mental health. But no. And I think that's. That would be an amazing thing, and I would take advantage of that to go volunteer at other organizations and see places that I've always wanted to go see or see what they're doing and see the amazing work because there's so many nonprofits in this area that are just amazing. Yeah, we've had a couple on the show that are, you know, each time that they come in really just pulls on the heartstrings because there's so many people that work so hard for Mm -hmm. the people in this community, such as yourself, and we're so lucky to have all of them here. So, Well, anyway, awesome. Yay. (laughs) Well, that answers uh, all of our questions for you, Zach. Thank you again for coming on the show today and for doing such an awesome job. Thank you. Thank you um, for having me. Yeah, of this course. Is so much fun. Yay. <laughs> so that's off the all. Yeah, you did it. I did it. I did it. I was on a podcast. <laughs> uh, so that's all we have. So we'll catch you guys next time on What's Up Downtown. <laughs>